the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. Now, today, we are celebrating both Juneteenth and Father's Day, that that time when General uh, Gordon Granger of the Union Army, we heard all about it announced Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation to the slaves in Texas, and finally word had reached the furthest ends of the Confederacy. So today I have a complicated task. I I have to honor the fathers, but at the same time I need to honor the real fathers. Yeah, the folks that got us here and, and honor our heritage. So today, by God's grace, I'm going to somehow address both. But I have to warn you in advance. I'm a line-by-line preacher, and there's not a whole lot of us around today. So my approach will take a little bit of getting used to. But, you know, even though everybody doesn't always like what I say, When you're done with me, you always leave understanding your Bible and God's word better. So I'm going to pray and won't be a whole lot of delay. We're going to just get right into that word. Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts. Father, I will talk, but you will teach Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. We give you all the honor and all the glory. And the church says... We're going to be in Genesis chapter 9, beginning with the first verse. And Moses says by the Holy Spirit, so God blessed. Now, in chapter 6 of the book of Genesis, the world had become so hardened, so hostile, so incorrigible, that God was like, if you won't respond to my kindness, how about I show you a little bit of my severity? So we all know the narrative. It rained 40 days and 40 nights. But Genesis 8 and 1 tells us, this is the NIV here, but God, say with me, but God. But God remembered Noah. Am I the only one in this room that has had some but God moments? Maybe you had some wrong thinking, but God still let blood travel to your brain. Maybe you said some wrong things, but God still allowed you to breathe air, to fill your lungs, to speak. 
Maybe like me, you've done some wrong things in life, but God still granted you another sunrise to try again. But God remembered. No, let's go back to Genesis 9 and 1. So God blessed. Despite all that had happened in the world, God wanted to ensure Noah and his sons of his goodwill and his gracious intentions toward them. And if you don't have a sense of a good God and the blessing of God, you're not yet fit to do what God wants you to do next. In fact, can you take a moment and look at your neighbor and say, I may have suffered, but I survived. Mm -hmm. Now, your faith may not always remove the pain, but it will get you through it. So Noah is not just on a boat ride. We're going to dig into this in a couple moments. He had just watched the world be destroyed. And he had to be convinced of God's goodness goodness one more time again. So it says, so God kind of reached down on bended knee and whispered in, in, in Noah's ear. And he said some things. It says, so God blessed Noah, watch this, and his sons. Every ethnicity on the planet today originated in these three boys. So according to my Bible, white skin is blessed. Light skin is blessed. Medium skin is blessed. And old dark skin is blessed. So you got to learn to do you. Because everything about you has a purpose. You were born an original, so don't die trying to be a copy. So God blessed Noah and his sons. And when I find in my Bible, man cannot curse what God has blessed. Dr. King said we all came on different ships, but we're now all on the same boat. So we're going to have to learn to make the best of it. So God blessed his sons, and then the Bible catalogs and and, and documents how God blessed. And and it says, and he said to them, I want you to notice that God's blessing was released through God's word. It was through God saying. No, you, you missed that. He blessed them saying, meaning the way he blessed them was through God's word. The goal of preaching should never be to preach people happy. It's to preach people blessed. Pay attention to what I'm saying today. So he said to them, he released a word. I'm here today to release a word into your life and this house. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Notice, though, that fruitfulness comes before the multiplying. God's agenda has always to been to multiply the fruitful. No, no. A lot of people want to multiply, but you ain't got no fruit. Don't duplicate broke, busted you until you bear some fruit in your... Like, y'all pulling something out of me, and I got to behave so pastor will invite me back. Now, I have never, in 20-plus years, never tried to grow Grace Church. My only goal was to to build healthy, productive disciples. 
and then let God do the rest. So I'm not trying to multiply. I'm just trying to be fruitful. Fellowship Church, don't worry about multiplying. Just be fruitful. Then he ends and he says, and and he told these these boys to fill the earth. And, And we all come through these three blessed boys and their wives. And Juneteenth is really just a reminder that my humanity is bound up in acknowledging yours. And your humanity is bound up in acknowledging mine. Republicans or Democrat, at the end of the day, we're all still family. Skip to verse 18. Now, the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I want you to remember, though, a little bit of the context. These boys came out of a culture that was so corrupt that God had to euthanize it. He wiped out the entire culture. So some of the behaviors you're about to see, you're like, where did it come from? It came out of the culture God had to destroy. But we can rise above culture. These three were the sons of Noah. And from these three, the whole earth was populated. So we all come from different branches of the tree, but we all share the same root. And as quickly as I got started today, I'm about to get into my focus. Verse 20. And Noah began to be a farmer. So Noah did what any good man should do. He began to produce and provide for his family. Then it says, and he planted a vineyard. Yes. Have you ever tried to do the right thing, but... The wrong thing happened instead. Yeah. But most of us know the narrative. And before we're too hard on what comes next, I want you to keep in mind. Genesis 7 and 16 says, the Lord shut him in. Noah, Shem, Ham, Japheth, all their wives had just watched all their neighbors drown. They heard the screams, the splashing, the pleading gurgling, but we see here he couldn't reach out of the boat to help because the Lord has shut him in. You see, what I'm saying today, even as we we get to our focus, is even those who ought to know better have a story. This didn't just happen. There were some circumstances that set this up. And if all of your block was knocked out, if, it, if every loved one you ever loved was, was, was wiped out, how might you respond in such a moment? So 9 and 21, then he drank the what? Wine. I have found in my life that there's something bad in everything good, but also something good in everything bad. But it's really this next development that's the problem of the narrative. And was drunk. You see, when you drink to drown your problem, all you're going to discover is that your problems are pretty good swimmers. And this is what Noah was about to discover. And Noah became uncovered, uncovered, uncovered in his tent. Now, uncovered, that term there is a Hebrew idiom. 
It's a wide range of meetings and applications, and some of them I, I can't relate in a PG service. There's a lot of theories about what was going on in the text here. But whatever happened, we can rest assured that the man that God had just used to save humanity and all of it was in his tent with his backside hanging out. There but for the grace of God go I. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and he told his two brothers outside. Now, the Hebrew suggests here that he told this story with a little bit of glee. There was some delight in his tone and in his voice. And we're about to discover that you'll never shine throwing shade. And you got to be careful gloating over the mess-ups, the mishaps and mistakes of others. I'm getting to some. Stay with me. But Shem and Japheth, instead of writing a tell-all book, posting pics on Facebook and Instagram the internet and pointing the finger and sending out mass texts. They took a garment. Their daddy was at fault. He was supposed to be a righteous man. His daddy spoke with God. God spoke with his daddy. His daddy was in the ministry but there he is in his tent with his backside hanging out. But when two of his boys saw it, they took a garment and they were like, he ain't heavy. He's my father. We're about to learn from these boys. So they took this garment and they laid it on their shoulders. And again, daddy was wrong. Daddy shouldn't be up there drunk. Bad things have happened the night before on daddy's watch. But these two boys were strong enough to show their father a little bit of kindness. Despite their father's poor judgment, these boys were mature enough, grown enough, big enough not to be little about what happened the night before. I'm not excusing. And let me tell you something. I, I, I'm a little bit scared of God. I'm trying to live this thing right. I got one wife, and, 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 and I'm going to stop there, but let me tell you, I got one wife. So I might be on the road, and some girl in the elevator got daddy issues looking at me all funny. Let me, I got one wife. I got one wife. And I'm sensitive to your daddy issues. But you ain't going to let me, you ain't going to make me throw a 28 year, throw away 28, 29, how many years? It went by so fast. 29 years. I watched this woman push out babies. You know the size of that boy's head? We've been together when her daddy died. I was sick, she was sick, she was mad, I was mad, I wanted to kill her, she wanted to kill me. You think I'm going to throw away 29 years because I want to feel like I'm 23 again for five minutes? 
and then live with a mistake that's going to last the rest of my life and impact those children, impact my wife's confidence, make her insecure when I walk out the door. You lost your doggone mind. There ain't enough hips in that skirt. What y'all doing? What y'all doing to me? You see, back to the boys. Whenever you show someone grace that they don't deserve, it reflects your character, not theirs. And they went backwards, Ham and, I'm sorry, Shem and Japheth, and covered the nakedness of their father. Maybe your dad disappointed you. Maybe like Noah, maybe he wasn't there for you the way he should have been there for you. You know, in my college days, determinism was the buzz. We read all the Richard Wright novels and, and, and all the rest. But every read, every, every book I read, every article I, I read, always took the responsibility for the individual off the individual, either onto the parents. By the way, Richard Wright's a great writer. I'm just talking about, I'm talking about my, 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 my life. But they took it off the individual, put it on the parent society or circumstances. And I began to drink the Kool-Aid of victimization. But then I got saved and I met this, this man named Jesus my sophomore year at Rankin Chapel at Howard University there in D.C. And in one of those prayer meetings we had in the basement, the Lord said something to me that helped me discover that the Holy Spirit didn't read the same books that I read. He spoke to my heart and he said, Derek, you'll never become the man I want you to become until you first honor the man you came from. Pay attention to what I'm about to say to you. That's my dad on the screen. My father's dad left him, at least to my knowledge, before he learned how to read. He enlisted in the military at about 17 or 16. He was really young. He had to get off the crazy streets of New York City. And somehow he, you know, used whatever he got from the military. He went to college. And my dad lived the, the rest of his adult life as a black man, trying to make life better for his kids, but also to survive in a deeply hateful and discriminatory corporate world. So my dad's from a different generation. So when my dad came home at night, he, he didn't feed me, you know, lemon cookies and then have me talk about my feelings. I talk about a war veteran. I'm talking about a man who, who, who had to go through some things to get to where he was. He didn't dote on me. There wasn't all this navel gazing. When you came into your house, you saluted your dad. You said hello to the adults that were in the room. And when my parents found out I did it, I was in trouble. And you could get so sophisticated in school, you're learning all the things parents are supposed to do. But how come our kids are getting worse and worse? Y'all are good. But how, how come, though? Reading all those books, our kids are shooting up schools, doing things that, you know, years ago, when an older man walked down a sidewalk, it was the kids that got off to get out their way. Now, reading all them psychology books, the kids come walking down the sidewalk, and it's the adults that get off. 
We're scared of our own children. Now, there's some good psychology. Please don't, don't throw away the whole thing. But we need to get back to the book. Get back to the book. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Stay with me. Now, according to modern parenting, my dad probably came up short. But let me tell you something. My dad came home at night. My dad fed me. He put a roof over my head. More about me than you want to know. My dad even strapped up a few times to pull me out of situations in the streets. No. My dad was not perfect. But my father showed me how to man up, how to love a woman for life. He taught me how to not stop fighting till I win. And I'm eternally grateful. And as we think about fathers on this Father's Day, we immediately begin to think about all the things sometimes he wasn't and didn't do. Get over it. Some of us 50 years old still talking about. Still talking about. I am grateful for what he did do. And I want you to watch. As you reflect back on your life, you need to discover like these two boys that in order to walk forward, you got to learn how to walk backwards. You got to learn to cover for people. Daddy wasn't here for, for, for him. How are we going to know what to do with me? Hurt people hurt people. And if someone hurts you, it's probably because someone somewhere hurt them. No, maybe mama, maybe daddy didn't do everything you wish they would have done, but they did do something. They let you in this world. And if that was their only contribution, I'm not getting no amens right here. But I've said this before, every one of us, if we're born, we're born a winner. You know why? Because there were a billion sperm that raced toward that egg, and yours made it. You, you come into this world winning. No matter where you come from, you are a winner. So the boys' faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. We have to be careful about staring at our father's faults too long instead of learning from them. Look back and say, you know, I'm glad he made that mistake instead of me. Because watch this. Smart people learn from mistakes, but wise people learn from others. So thank God for every lesson your daddy taught you. See, mentors have two responsibilities, to teach you what to do, but also what not to do. And if his only example to you was what not to do, thank God you learned what not to do. Maybe your dad wasn't there, so you be there. Maybe your dad hurt you, so don't hurt others the same way. Maybe he left. Stay. To forgive a parent is to set a prisoner free, only realize the prisoner was you. Now that's a a statement that I'm going to back, back into here. It's a famous statement. Ephesians 6 and 2. So I'm going to dig in, do some heavy lifting, and, and we're done. Most of us, once you reach adulthood, you spend the rest of your life judging your parents. That's the way of the world. We, we must honor our forefathers. We, we must honor those that, 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 that you know, were slaves and and they didn't hear two and a half years later the, the, the good. We got to honor where we came from. 
if we're going to be right where we are. You understand? So, so why do we celebrate these things? Because we got to honor our father. But then it also says that our mother. And you might say, well, Bishop, you, you don't know my father. You're right. But like I said, I know hurt people hurt people. And if he hurt you, somebody probably hurt him. He came from somewhere and the world's not all about you. And, and, and you, you did get at least a human. I know it might be, my, the memories might. But listen, you learn some things. And if it was bad, learn never to do it, never to repeat it, not to train your sons to do the same thing. Learn from it. Don't waste the pain feeling sorry for yourself. Don't waste the pain being angry with a person that can't change what's been done. To forgive is to set a prisoner free. But then to realize that prisoner was you. My only job, your only job is to love. And the rest is up to God. It says, honor your father and mother. Watch this, which is the first suggestion. Commandment. With promise. With promise is letting us know that with our obedience and our faithfulness to this command, there's a a blessing attached to it. So even if you're not wise enough to let go and forgive for your father's sake, you need to do it for your own sake. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at GraceChurchVATV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.